Hey, welcome back and thanks for tuning in to Recruiting Insight. This is the place to be if you want to connect with the most successful recruiters and hiring managers and innovators in the real estate industry. Hey, it's a great day to recruit and today we'll be joined by Rob Keith. Rob is the founder and president of Verlytics. If you haven't heard of Verlytics, prepare to be amazed. Rob's company helps real estate brokerages use data and artificial intelligence to make better management decisions, recruit and coach more effectively, and find new ways to stick it to their competitors. Now, full disclosure, Rob and I have something in common besides real estate. We were classmates together at the Naval Academy some 30-odd years ago, and we both spent time as Naval officers before jumping into the real estate industry. Before starting Relytics, Rob led organizations in every corner of the residential real estate, including real estate brokerage, real estate development, mortgage banking title, and relocation management. He also served as the chairman of the Wisconsin Realtors Association, where he represented the state's 14,000 realtors and has served as a board member in the National Association of Realtors. So let's jump in. I think you're going to learn a lot today. Well, hey, Rob, thanks for joining us today. It's uh, really a pleasure that, uh, to be able to meet you uh, and connect with you uh, on, these, on the topic of, of uh, your company and uh, what you're doing here in real estate. So um, uh, can you tell us just a little bit, a little bit about uh, uh, how you went from uh, you know, being in the Navy as a Navy diver to uh, ending up in real estate? Uh, well, Ben, thanks for having me on. And uh, um, let me first say it's a real treat to actually be working with a classmate of mine in the real estate industry, in real estate tech, no less. Uh, uh, there's only 900 or so of us out there, and uh, I think of us all as sort of family. So it's great to, great to do this with you. Uh, yeah, I, I was a, uh, a, uh, raised in real estate. Uh, my grandfather started our family business in the 40s uh, here in southeastern Wisconsin and uh, taken over by my father. And um, uh, it, it had just been sort of in the blood uh, by the time I'd been in the Navy 10 years or so. It, as, as you probably remember, the, the deployments and the, the separation from home and family get pretty intense. And two two uh, two young kids, and it was just time for me to time for me to move back. And my father had been eager for me to help him out in the family business for a long, long time. So I uh, decided that it was time to move back to southeastern Wisconsin and try to figure out um, how to spell mortgage and uh, what it what it is to uh, to go from uh, leading a, a group of sort of high testosterone type A divers to a, an office uh, full of a very different demographic uh, of uh, real estate agent. All right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, I didn't I didn't know that uh, family connection. So uh, so that's why that's why. So you came back to to that. And uh, so so when you came back, um, uh, you know, of course, uh, you 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 were in bro, uh, you know running the the real estate company. It sounds like you've done a number of different things. Uh, different angles to this. Uh, at some point along the way, I think it's maybe five or six years ago, you was, you decided to to start Relytics. So, what what was kind of the catalyst for that? I had a uh, I have technical background. The Navy put me through grad school at MIT, and and I had always been sort of uh, on the the numbers side of anything we did in the Navy, uh, all the way up through uh, through running the real estate brokerage and and the relocation company, which is. Uh, what I did immediately before starting uh, Relytics. Uh, so I knew the power of data and I, I was I'm very familiar with the tools that were out there, um, but uh, I thought that they were missing a huge opportunity to, to go beyond simply 
supplying raw numbers on an agent. Ben closed 2.3 million last year. That's up 11% to say, well, what does that mean? To place some context around it and then to bring the power of all these uh, uh, data analytics platforms, artificial intelligence, machine learning, to bring those to the bear, bear on the problem of managing real estate brokerages. You know, there's a lot of tools out there, as you know, that have been created to support the agent in their marketing efforts to identify future buyers and sellers and so on. But very little investment in that sort of technology to help run a real estate brokerage uh, and to sort of close some of the major gaps uh, out there in running a brokerage, specifically the difficulty of finding good office management. Okay, so so um, so let's let's dive into that a little bit. So uh, so when you when you looked at the landscape out there, so uh, you know there's a lot, like you said, some tools that are out there. Um, you don't need to mention any names, but there I think most people know who they are. What 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 was missing? What do, what do you think were the big holes from from what was being offered to already out there? Well, text and guidance. You know, it, it's I sort of think of it as the so what factor. So you can pull this, you can using maybe just even the MLS uh, uh, search tools, you can determine how much an agent closed and, you know, what their trend is over last year and uh, maybe some median and average close price, things like that, units. But, it, it, you know, there's, there's no help beyond that. It's sort of like, well, here's the number. Now you, you take it from here. Uh, but what's been happening over the last 20 years with, the huge uh, improvements in the amount of data and data storage and the cost of data storage and in computing power is that in most other industries that have large amounts of data, the uh, data science is beginning to place context around the number. So it isn't just sort of regurgitating and saying, this person closed this much. It's saying, well, this is where they're at in their career. And because this is their trend, this is what they might do in the future. This is how they stack up against their peers. And this is what it would mean for you to recruit this person. You know, the, the sort of shorthand version of what we tried to do was Moneyball for real estate agents. You know, we have uh, a ton of data on, on agents. We have every single transaction they've ever done, even the ones that didn't close. So with that, we can uncover patterns of behavior. We can un uncover things about where they're at in their life cycle, uh, uh, where where their, their strengths are, where their weaknesses are, and make certain increasingly accurate predictions about what they're likely to do in the future. Using that and framing it the right way, then that becomes management guidance. So uh, we're taking a recruiter, an office manager, who's got to balance a lot of different job responsibilities, managing an office, reviewing contracts, dealing with agent issues, dealing with just office issues, and then, oh, by the way, recruiting. And we're trying to make the hours that that particular individual devotes to that recruiting function much more productive by supplying some data-driven sort of superhero powers on top of that to identify the best 10 agents to call, uh, given what you're trying to do. Or if you have to have, if you're worried about retention, which are the three most vulnerable agents in your pool uh, from what the data is telling us? And then using that just to increase your odds and increase the productivity. So okay. long answer to a short question, but uh, yeah, it, it's really sort of an apples to apples uh, or apples to oranges comparison. We're not, we were never trying to be a better version of the other data platforms. We were trying to do something a little bit different. Yeah. 
So, so, uh, so let's let's focus down a little bit on recruiting. Then I, I can get the uh, the management piece of it. If I was running an office or even running a brokerage, I'd want that data at my fingertips. I'd want to be able to have some sort of context around it. And if you're helping with that, that's going to be a huge benefit. Uh, specific to recruiting, uh, let, let's just you know start at the ten thousand foot view level. So you get to see not just data from one company. You get to see data from multiple companies, even in the same market. Overall, how would you feel that uh, you know just the human capital in general is being used uh, uh, in in real estate? I mean, what what's going well, uh, and where do you think uh, maybe we need some improvements? Yeah, yeah, I think I think in general um, there are exceptions to this. Some there are uh, as uh, uh, as in every sort of general statement, but. I think in general, we don't do a specially good job of managing this. We'll specifically talk about recruiting, management, experience agent recruiting as an industry. Uh, so let's take, take big companies. We work with quite a few big companies. We see their organization. Let's say they fall into two separate categories. One is the big companies that, uh, that basically assign recruiting as a side job to the office management. Mm -hmm. uh, so what you're doing is taking what is essentially a sales job. Remember, recruiting is, is business to business sales. You're trying to sell your organization to another business, which is that individual agent. You're taking a very difficult uh, uh, venture, which is business to business sales over time to uh, a large number of prospects and making it someone's side job that has very little accountability. Uh, even in organizations that have a dedicated recruiting structure, there seem, it seems to be sort of handled more like a, um, sort of old school relationship recruiting. Hey, who'd you talk to? Oh, I know that guy. Oh, you know, now that person's kind of lousy. Oh, I heard this, this office is in trouble. Maybe you should call some people there. Right. If we were going to handle this as um, in the same way that, let's say, 3M or uh, Kraft Heinz hand, handles their outbound business-to-business -business sales efforts. We would have a structure. We'd have KPIs. We'd create a funnel. We would track performance over time. People would have people have the number they need to hit. So, right, right. If Ben, if you're an office manager or you're a dedicated recruiter for a large company, and I'm expecting you to sign three new agents a month, we should know how many outbound calls that takes. And we should be able to track your throughput through the funnel. And if you're not hitting your numbers, we need to intervene and say, what else do you need? Do you need better names? Can we give you some more marketing support? It, um, as you know, that just doesn't happen very regularly in our industry. It's because it's treated as sort of something everybody should, should be good at if they're in management. But uh, I think that, uh, um, that makes it uh, seem easier than it actually is. Challenge, and you and I discussed it, you know, before the session here. That uh, you know, um, this is this is a huge problem, uh, and it's very difficult for for uh, these these owners uh, to get managers to recruit uh, on that part time basis, as we said, or um, or even full time recruiters uh, having the having the information and the focus and the and the really professionalism that they need to do this job well. So so um, so if we look at a little, uh, an individual office level, I mean, you're, you're obviously able to look across the industry uh, with the data that you have. But if you start to zero in maybe to one of your clients or or maybe even down at the at the office level, what, what are some of the things that you see um, you know, are, are that these managers are doing well, uh, the ones that are performing at a high level? What do you see different about them or different about their offices that uh, seem to you know, cause them to perform better? 
Well, let's say that <clears throat> I think that there's probably two big elements that that uh, that I see the people that are doing this best seem to uh, adhere to. One is they've got a very clear idea of the value proposition, points of differentiation, and so on. This is not a generic sort of, uh, um, hey, I see you're struggling. Why don't you come work for us? It's this is exactly why you'd come work for us. This is why, uh, you know, um, this is what makes us different than anybody else in the market. The differentiators, uh, it is, like I said before, just it's a business to business sale and you need to have a very clear idea of the product you're selling. Um, but more than that, um, you need to approach recruiting uh, with, with intention. You need to uh, look at the kind of agent pool you're looking to develop. Uh, rather than just taking, uh, you know, doing a, essentially a, a trying to fill bodies, you the best recruiters, the best sort of managers of their agent human capital approach recruiting with an end state in mind. They want to they want to have a pool that looks like fifty percent experienced agents, thirty percent mid career, twenty percent new, or something like that. It, there's any number of different sort of um, patterns that they can follow, uh, and just you enter that understanding that agents at different points in their career bring different strengths and weaknesses to a pool. Mm-hmm. If you have experienced agents, let's say the people have been in the business for fifteen years. Uh, what you'll have is somebody that's very stable, has a relatively low turnover at that point. They're not sw- jumping brokerages like the, uh, you know, the, like they were earlier in their career. But their um, growth uh, uh, is going to be more limited. They're going to have more stable, but that also means slower growing group, uh, and sometimes less energy, often a little less energy. On the other end of the scale, with brand new agents, you've got um, lots of energy. Some of it misdirected. Um, you've got a huge retention uh, overhead because that you know this years one through three are their big uh, uh, or is an, is when an agent's most likely to leave their brokerage, um, and you've got a big training uh, overhead. But if you can make make it work, the built-in growth rate for those agents is like hundred percent a year if they stay. So you want a little. You, you don't want all of one or all of the other. We can both imagine what those offices would look like. Right. You want, you want the right mix, and then you need to back that into your recruiting strategy and recruit to get the mix that you're looking for. Gotcha. That, that takes data on one side. You've got to have good data to make those decisions and make, make those, uh, um, you know, figure out what it is that uh, is real and not real. But on the other hand, you've got to have some good strategic thought that's mixed in with that. Um, and then, of course, boiling that down to execution of, okay, now someone actually has to do this work. Someone actually has to, to uh, make the calls and, and do the follow-up and, and do everything that's necessary to, of course, uh, make, make uh, experienced agent recruiting work and make this come into reality. So, so let's, uh, let's dive down even a, even a step further uh, into some of the, you know, I loved your, your, uh, your connection to Moneyball or that, that, that description before. So, so if, I was a, if I was a manager uh, in an office and, and uh, I was using your product, what are, what are um, or even just maybe getting some coaching from you, what, uh, what are some of the factors that I should be looking for that, that wouldn't be very obvious? Uh, or, you know, we, when Billy Bean was doing this, it was, uh, you know, on-base percentage or slugging percentage. It was, it was not the normal... Uh, sort of metrics that people look at? Or are there any kind of things that uh, are there that uh, we don't know about or that we should know about? Well, uh, again, it goes to... Well, 
again, it goes to the it goes to the strategy of the brokers that's doing the recruiting. Certain broker, you want to recruit to your strength. If your strength is in um, management of listings, then you want to go and find agents that are having issues with the management of listings, but not too many issues. Mm -hmm. You want just sort of like correctable issues with the management of listings. So we need to develop a metric that that relates to how well agents manage listings. Our system has has that kind of metric. So we can then take um, and segregate, start with 10,000 agents and get down to the, the 100 most receptive to that sort of outbound uh, uh, sales um, sales effort. Uh, if our expertise is in taking newer agents and that that show potential and developing them into full blown rock stars, then we have to have the tools to find these agents deep inside the agent pool that are not uh, lighting anybody's um, lighting up anybody's screen yet because their overall production is not especially high, but they're way ahead of their peer group for how long they've been in the business. We have a, 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 we developed a machine learning model that looks for those specific kinds of agents and flags them in the agent pool based on um, uh, demonstrated success, what, what leads to demonstrated success over time in newer agents. So, uh, you know, specific to, to data and in general, I guess in our, pro, our product in particular, there are some machine learning derived metrics that can get at those at those specific niches. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were looking for agents that meet a certain profile, uh, you just got to have the tools to be able to, I, to filter for that profile in the agent pool and uh, concentrate your efforts there rather than uh, shotgunning it. So I can see that um, it's, it's helpful to hear you explain it because I, now I'm starting to get this uh, where the context is and, and where the, um, you know, the data becomes comes to life when there's context around it or when it's connected to a value proposition or connected to a particular need or a particular strength that an office has. So, um, so, so um, let's pivot one more time uh, down to retention. And I know that, uh, you know, as, as the market's uh, shifting a little bit right now, I, um, you know, getting a little tighter uh, in a lot of areas, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, brokerages right now and, and teams and others that are just like, hey, I need to hang on to the people that I have. Uh, and uh, you know, work with the people that are that are on my team already. Um, so you mentioned early in the process here that you know you can also use a lot of this data for retention. Are there certain things that you see uh, in companies that are kind of you know red flags? What 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 should I be looking for as that broker out there saying, hey, which one of my which one of my twenty five agents here, or which three of my twenty five agents is going to leave in the next uh, you know six months? Yeah, uh, that's. Uh... Uh, that's uh, that. That's a uh, a major pain point. It's just especially painful to have people leave you. Uh, from, remember, from my ten years in, in brokerage, uh, it almost feels like a personal uh, a personal insult when when they uh, someone that you've worked with so long decides to pack up and, and go down the street. There are a lot of there are a, several ways of attacking this. Uh, obviously, the better you take care of the agents and the more you're on top of their needs, the uh, the more they feel like their chance of growth in your brokerage is going to be higher than going somewhere else. And part of that is staying on top of their numbers to make sure that you have early warning when things are starting to slide. You know, office managers that are managing 50 plus agents, it's, a hard, it's hard to keep 
that that granular of a track of track of every one of those 50. Um, so data-driven tools like ours will help with that. We have a uh, we have part of our product that provides data-driven coaching cues for certain agents that are basically little early warning flags saying, hey, this person's production starting to slip or this person looks like they're struggling with high-end listings. Maybe you ought to look into it. So, uh, but it also, on the flip side of that, um, you know, a well-timed congratulations go a long way. Don't underestimate the value of a pat in the back from the owner, uh, especially for newer agents who who's... Uh, you know, maybe sort of in the shadow of, of the of the top producers in the in the office, but for whom uh, 100% per year growth is something that, that uh, certainly warrants congratulations and the sort of thing that builds loyalty. Uh, finally, one of the things that uh, we developed a few years ago, and I'm I'm uh, with the first in the industry to do this, we developed a true AI model to uh, examine an agent's pattern of behavior in the market. Things like listings taken, uh, listings closed, active listing count, and so on, and uh, uh, ran it through um, a model, or we trained a model using two or three million training examples to predict the likelihood uh, that the agent will leave in the next three months. Okay. Uh, the insight behind that is that agents often will behave differently if they're planning a departure. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're watching it close, you might pick up on it. Things like they stop taking new listings, or they start taking them a lot slower than they did. You'll see expirations start going up a little higher than they've been before. Just they're trying to engineer uh, a soft landing. Uh, you know, they're trying to to deal with you as little as possible after they leave. Um, so, and, and I I knew intuitively that that's something that um, machine learning uh, driven model would easily pick up on. And in fact, it does. So it it, it will it it is uh, it. It will uh, flag agents that are that look like they're engineering an artificially low listing count, but it'll also pick up on other patterns that we weren't really aware of. Uh, and some of them involve what we call unplanned departures. These would be newer agents that just become so heavily recruitable because uh, of their success in the market that they get calls. Yeah. So that's the other flip side. People might not be looking to leave. They might just be so successful with your brokerage that every other recruiter is calling them and throwing sort of these lavish offers at them. And you need to know that that's going on and uh, be able to have something to counter that uh, because this, some will leave simply on economic arguments. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's true. And I think that rising above that level of the, they're just getting a lot of attention. Um, you know, it does wear the agent down over time and it becomes very difficult to, to recruit to. Uh, or to retain, or retain on. So, so uh, one final question. Um, you know, there's been a, a huge growth of uh, of teams in the last few years, uh, and uh, you know that whole dynamic. Some of these teams are are becoming so large they they look like brokerages or act like brokerages in some senses. So, um, any any thoughts on uh, you know how how um, your platform and and this type of this type of work would help or or uh, or make a brokerage able to recruit from a team? What's the team like dynamic going on? Well, you know, teams and, and real estate data are very are, are uh, have a very uneasy relationship. Um, <laughs> if a team leader puts all their production under themselves in the MLS, the team members disappear. Yeah, and uh, we have no insight into them. Uh, nobody other than the team itself really has insight into what's going on within 
within the confines of that team. Uh, and the MLS really is not well set up to sort of report on that. But to the extent that we have some visibility into teams through co-listing and, and co-selling arrangements, where the team leader splits credit with uh, the team member that's involved in managing the listing, for example, then uh, we do uh, we, we do get um, a fair amount of data on who might be a member of which team, who are likely team leaders, and we can sort of track the membership in and out of teams. And I, I guess what I would say uh, in observing the, the sort of dynamics of, of, of teams through the data is that teams are just a, another form of a brokerage. I mean, they have a, a broker owner who's the team leader and they have different um, different agents. Now, of course, it's more structured within a team, your listing agent, your buyer's agent, you handle these sorts of things. But uh, we find agents that one, once they hit certain milestones or certain production levels become very difficult for team leaders to retain because the economic arguments to start their own team become very strong. Um, and uh, um, team leaders also suffer from the same issue that uh, brokers suffer from in that they have a lot of deadwood. Uh, they uh, Maybe this is somewhat mitigated by the, the team leader having uh, their thumb on, on the, the the team members a little more than brokers tend to on their agents, but uh, this is a this is going to be an issue um, that our industry faces here over the next six to nine months. By some calculations, we might have double the number of real estate agents we need for the transaction count. That's uh, likely ahead if we hit six, seven, eight percent interest rates or, or higher. Uh, so we're going to find uh, just in terms of human capital management in real estate. Uh, not enough transactions to go around. So there will be sort of a washing out process and that's going to be another management challenge for uh, for the industry and not one that the current generation of newer managers has ever experienced before. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you. And uh, I think you and I were both probably around for the last downturn. And, um, you know, th- th- during that time frame, there's a lot of people that came into the industry really that shouldn't have been there. Uh, and then, uh, you know, of course, when things got tough, they all left. I think we could see the same thing. I'm, I don't, can't predict the future anymore. Uh, you can probably predict the future better than I can because you get more data. But, but, but uh, yeah, we can't predict what's going to go on. But what we do know is that uh, if there is an exodus that happens, uh, that doesn't mean we stop recruiting because often that means that the wrong people were in the business in the first place. And we need to replace them now with the new new people uh, and or find the people in other companies who need to be in the right spot now. Uh, to really take care of, uh, you know, the transactions that are there. Uh, it isn't that people are going to stop living in houses uh, and stop doing business. So, well, I also think that there's going to be a big recruiting opportunity because a lot of the, a lot of the um, survivors, we'll call them, the people that will continue in business and, and succeed, have ended up in um, more marginal firms over the last three or four years. It's exactly what happened 12 years ago. Yeah. Uh, firms that uh, are very that rely completely on transaction count and, in some cases, and aren't aren't going to make it. Yeah. So yeah. they need a home, and uh, they need to be recruited uh, to to uh, to make their home in your brokerage. Yeah. 
Well, uh, well we're going to wrap up for today. I, uh, there, I can sit here. I think I could talk about this for the rest of the day, actually. But uh, so maybe we'll have you on again uh, uh, as things progress here and uh, things change over time. Uh, for all those that are, um, you know, listening, if you haven't checked out uh, Rob's company yet, you should. Uh, you really should. It's it's, uh, it's worth looking at. The Relytics. Uh, Relytics.com uh, is their website. And uh, But Rob, thanks for sharing all the amazing details of the work that you're doing there. And now for those of you that are doing the hard work of recruiting each day, I hope you'll take what you learned and go make a difference.